Well, I want to welcome everybody. I'm glad you're here. I'm Pastor Chris, and uh, I'm the West Location Pastor. I just want to say welcome to, to East Location or wherever you're watching from, whether online or on television right now. It's awesome to have you with us. Uh, listen, we're going to kick off a new series. It's in the middle of summer, and we're going to dive in this series called God, and it comes out of Exodus 34, 6. And some of you are thinking like, Exodus, is that really in the Bible? Yes, yes it is. So Exodus 34, 6 is where we're going to be diving in, and I'm looking forward to sharing. Uh, there's actually a passage of scripture that, that just kind of outlines who God is. This is going to be the, the characteristics of a God, the attributes of a God that we, we've come to know and that, that we live to follow. And so here in Exodus 34, 6, the passage reads, the Lord passed in front of Moses. Now let's just stop right there for a second. The Lord passed in front of. Like, I get excited when my wife walks in front of me. <laughs> really excited. But if the Lord walked in front of me, that would be amazing, right? Calling out Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I'm slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Now, we're going to focus on compassion. But if you're going to pick a list of ways to describe yourself, this is a pretty amazing list, is it not? Like, this is a list... That, that, that makes a statement. And I love the opportunity that we get to make a statement. And, and the beautiful thing about God is he doesn't just make a statement and, and it just leaves it at that. But God takes his statements to actions and God's actions make a statement. And, and we see this. If you read the book of Exodus, which I would encourage you to do, it's about exiting out of Egypt, but it's about relationship. It's about a calling a people to himself. It's really a powerful book of the Bible. And it's awesome as, as they walk out provision, as they walk out protection, as they walk out compassion and learning to come to relationship with this God that they're, they're seeing and coming to understand. Uh, he, he doesn't let their sandals wear out while they're wandering in the desert for 40 years. He leads them by a cloud by day and fire by night. He protects them from their enemies. He disciplines them. And they learn what discipline is in this new relationship. And it's just kind of this unbelievable thing that, that God's actions begin to make a statement as he begins this relationship and these people, these Israelites, come into their own as a people. But what I know about God and what I know about us is we have something in common in this is our lives make a statement. And, and whether you know it or not, whether you admit it or not, like maybe, you, maybe you think about this a lot. Maybe you don't think about it at all. Um, as a dad, uh, I just had a, a senior graduate, right? So that makes a statement. Um, she, she did all the requirements. She passed across. I got to actually hand her her diploma. That was pretty epic. That's awesome as a dad to be looking at the smile on her face going, yes, I wanted to shout. She's like, you can give me a hug. That's it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> nothing, nothing but that. We'll keep it basic. It'll be great. But uh, she goes off to college in less than two months. So just give me a moment now. It's kind of, it's crazy. But her life has made statements. Her life continues to make statements. And, and the best part is, so much of her life is, is left unwritten. It's left unwritten. We don't know what it's going to be. And I'm excited to find that out. But, but what I know about you and what I know about me is our lives make a statement. And, and so I wrote some down. Um, and and you, may, you may read these and go, well, those are kind of harsh. Or those, maybe those, you can identify with some. But let me read some here. Angry or hard to love. Selfish or unfriendly truthful or humble, unfaithful or worrier, patient, loving, liar, untrustworthy, kind and caring, rude or impatient. And you may read that list and go, 
that's me right. Yeah, that's, I'm on there somewhere. But it's true, right? Like, our lives make a statement whether we know it or not, and sometimes we really try to be intentional with it. But what would it look like if we actually took time to ask those people that know us best, right? Like, if you were to, like, say, hey, I'm going to write my, what I think my statement is down on a piece of paper, and then I'm going to ask my wife, or I'm going to ask my husband, or I'm going to ask some of my best friends or my coworkers, would, would it line up? Would, would what you think about yourself line up? Because some of us have done this exercise, right? We've, we've gone around the circle with our coworkers or friends and we say, hey, this is what I'm really good at. And then it turns the page and like, okay, this is where you might have some improvement to be made. And so many of us don't ask the question because we don't want the disappointment. We don't want the frustration. We don't want the irritation of, of knowing that maybe what we think about ourselves doesn't match up because we want our lives to make a statement that's powerful and not just one that helps gets us through the day. And it's dangerous because this asking the question of, of what our lives makes a statement and asking those people that care about us, it actually makes a difference. But what about, what about compassion? Does compassion fit into your list? Maybe some of you in your mind, you're like, yeah, compassion. That was one of the ones I was thinking about. But, but what does that mean for us? What does compassion play a part in and compassion actually comes from a Latin word. It, and I, listen, just because I said it comes from a Latin word doesn't mean I really study Latin. I just looked it up. It looks great. But Latin comes, calm is with or together, and passion equals suffering or enduring. And, and so to suffer or endure with, and some of you are rethinking this idea of like, I really don't know if I want to talk about compassion because everything we talk about suffering and enduring, it just kind of makes us uneasy, right? Like we want it happy. We want it upbeat. I'm, I'm that guy. I, I want that. I want to be able to engage that way. But, but bear with me as we dive into this idea of compassion and what it looks like. Because so many times when we hear compassion, we, we weigh it. We weigh compassion. And, and so many times this comes with a lot of head games, right? Um, Okay, so if I give this much time to this individual or this cause, is it going to be worth my time? Or if I take time and energy and money to invest in them, are they going to learn something? Are they going to get what I'm, are they really going to appreciate the time and the talent that I have to show them, to, to take them up a notch or to come alongside them? Will they really be grateful? Or will, when I leave, will they just be like, man, that, that was nice that he hung out with me, but no, because we want return on our investment, right? We want something to be done. We want, we want something to grow or to become better because we were able to be a part of it. And I think that could be a dangerous game when we try to weigh that, specifically when it comes to engaging with people in, in the area of compassion. Because if we, if we leave everything up on the, on the balance and weighing it, that can lead to judgment and judging man, just takes us, I believe, down a dangerous road. And in John chapter 9, there's a, there's a really cool passage of Scripture. Like, actually, we joke about it. Like, if you take notes, put an asterisk by John 9 and read this sometime this week. This is like one of my absolute favorite stories. Uh, it reads, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because his own sins or the parents' sins? And it's not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him, and we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned by the one who sent us. I think there's a danger here. Like, we can make judgments and say, okay, why is he that way, or why is it this way? Because we've been there, right? 
if we're all honest, we could say, yeah, I've, okay, I maybe said that, maybe this week, maybe earlier today. And it's tough. And that judgment thought is, is something that, like the weighing of, of compassion and weighing of engagement, we have, to, we have to set it to the side because eventually at some point we have to put those things to the side. And we just have to determine that if we're going to engage compassion or not. Because if we leave it on that balance, if we leave it into judgments, we're going to miss moments where God is trying to intersect in the midst of our lives. And we're going to miss moments where God is trying to get our attention. And, and he makes it pretty clear here to quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. It's not like, hey, if you could get around to it in the next week, if you get like, you know what, over this next year, maybe that could be your word, tasks quickly. No, he says, listen, when we see it, we want to act on it. And the coolest part about this is, this side note right here, judgment is all throughout this story because it begins to, to interact with the Pharisees because Jesus healed on the Sabbath, so there was judgment there. There was judgment because um, he didn't know who healed him right away, and the Pharisees were furious, and they brought the parents in, and it was just a crazy story. At one point, the guy says, hey, do you want to follow him? Is that why you're asking all these questions? And I think that's just, it's pretty cool to be thinking about that. And there may be times we get taken advantage of. Hear me. When we engage and dive into compassion, there may be times where we lose money. There may be times where our return on investment is not anything like we wanted it to be. And that's got to be okay. Because if we're going to literally live in a way of, of just laying that to the side and saying, I'm not going to weigh that anymore. I'm not going to put it on the scale. I'm not going to judge anymore. I'm just going to allow compassion to be compassion. And, and whatever comes of it, whether I feel like I got the short end of it this time, but hear me when I say this. It's not going to be that way all the time. I promise you that. So we're going to dive into it a little bit more. And, and so as we dive into it a little bit more, I think we've kind of seen some examples, right? We've seen levels of engagement. And, and so for levels of engagement, one of the things that always makes me think about is we've all seen a lack of compassion, right? Maybe some of you were, were raised in a house where there was a serious lack of compassion. You're like, I just needed a hug. And you're like, or I just wanted anything, you know, to, to tell me that they were there with me. And, and if that was you, I'm sorry. That's not the way it's supposed to be. I, I got to be honest, confession time, I thought I was going to be that dad. I thought, man, I'm thankful I had my wife because she was that tender side to my, listen, you're not bleeding. Let's just get up and let's move on. And, and, and then God gave me four girls and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know. What, okay, let's hug. It's great. And I love it. But we've seen a lack of compassion and it drives us nuts, right? It drives us seriously crazy when, when there is a serious lack of compassion in a situation. Why didn't they do something? Why didn't they act? They could have stopped that. They could have made the situation that much better. But then on the flip side of that, we've seen this overabundance or this, this exceeding measure of compassion. And we think, man, that was overboard. How do they do that? Can they really be that engaging all the time? Listen, I think they're going to get burned out really quick. And we try to have this conversation in our minds is, what is what's the secret sauce to all this? What, is, what does it really look like to, to live compassion but not have a serious lack of it and not be totally in it where we, we just kind of ignore everything out or 
we think nobody could really act like that. And, and sometimes, I don't know, like if I asked you when the word compassion, what does it look like? Maybe Mother Teresa comes to your mind. And I don't know, that's what came to my mind. It's like this, this idea of somebody that just lived her life caring for people. And it's powerful. And I gotta be honest, there are times I want that for my life. I want moments where, where it's identified that I just literally cared for people. So whatever level of your engagement you identify with, there's, there's something we need to know about a God. And maybe, maybe you're wondering, what is his level of engagement for me? And what is, what is his idea of compassion towards me? And there's a really cool passage of Scripture in Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. Maybe some of you need to hear that right now. And I'm okay. Like, if this is all you needed to hear tonight, right now, if this is all you needed to hear, I'm, I'm fine with that. Literally, the idea that we are so loved by a God that his compassions never fail. They are new every day. And this this idea that there is a God that loves us, that, that is thinking about us, that is walking with us, that is enduring with us in those moments that are good and those moments that are tough. Because one of the things that I'm coming to understand that, that if he's not compassionate, we're pretty much dead where we stand. And I, I want the other picture, right? But, but for some of us, we're like, what does that look like if God isn't compassionate or it only lasts a few times and then it runs out. Or heaven forbid, what if God only shows us compassion to the level that we show other people? What does that look like? Because, man, I'll be honest, some days I think I could maybe survive. And other days, I'm again, I'm dead where I stand. But I'm thankful because of God's word and because what I come to know about this God that 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 he offers grace and love and compassion is at the core of who he is because when I'm having a bad day, I know I can go to him. And when, I'm in, when I am struggling and I'm wondering if, if this is all that he has for me, I know that it never fails. And, and if tomorrow's as bad as it is today, that they're new every single day, which we all pray, we all hope, even maybe before we knew of this relationship with God that we wanted someone to look at us with grace and say, I, I love you, I care about you. And, and so I wrote something down that I, I just wanted to make sure that I passed on to you. It's like, we're a people, we belong, we've received it, we should share it. So how do we do that? Because if we've been offered so much compassion, if, if we can read in the Bible and see God's work and see God's hand in the midst of all this, how do we, how do we live that out? What does that look like? And in Colossians 3, this is like one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And if we're honest, it sounds a lot like the list we first started with, right? It, start, it looks a lot like that list from the beginning. And so what does it mean to clothe ourselves? Do, do we have like... Like we just kind of Dr. Strange type thing where we have this mannequin and the robe hangs there and we kind of put on this compassion every day. Okay, I'm done with compassion today. I can put on kindness. No, I think it just becomes a part of who we are. It's kind of like that fruits of the spirit type thing. It just grows in us. It matures in us. 
And so I, I love the show Undercover Boss. It's one of those crazy things. Um, if you've never seen the show, it's pretty interesting. Like the CEO, the guy that sits at the desk and makes all the decisions that is far removed from the person that flips burgers or, or makes the beds, right? Like goes into disguise and, and spends a day or a week, whatever, with those employees that are doing exactly what he's pushing out from the boardroom or from his office. And and he sees the best and worst, right? He sees the best and worst of the employees that are working for him. And he's in a position to affect change. Like he can fire them right away. He can just lift them up to some awesome position. And he gets to hear the stories. And it's really a cool connecting point of really hearing the humanity of the workers. And, and usually they are moved. And, and there is just a moment between those people. And he sometimes will say like, hey, uh, you're terrible. You're fired. Which is really, which is like, wow, that's harsh. But you see the actions of them, or they're like, hey, I want to put you into leadership because I think you're amazing, and because of their position, they can act. But here's what I know: so many times we look at individuals like that, and we go, oh, they're in a position of authority. They're in a position that can actually affect change. But what I know, and what I'm coming to find out, is it doesn't matter our title, it doesn't matter our placement. We, we, wherever we're at have an ability to affect change in the people and the individuals around us. We just do. What if, listen, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a guy. If I begin showing compassion more so to my wife, I can tell you she's going to know this. If, if we as parents show compassion, if, if you as students on, on your campuses show more compassion, people will begin to notice as you engage, as you send that text. And, and sometimes we want to send a quick text. I was thinking about this today. Uh, we send a quick text and we want it to end quick, right? But then what does it mean to ask that next question that takes it to a deeper level? That takes it to a deeper level and, and begins to say, what am I doing? And, and so one of the ways that challenges me in this idea of clothing, uh, like I said, we have four daughters. Um, life is a lot of estrogen. It's crazy. Um, but it's so good. But we have a second daughter, and uh, I thought all my girls were going to play basketball. It was going to be amazing. I was going to be able to make like the movie Hoosiers just in my house. It'd be so that's my team. Anyway, um, this crazy idea that so Taylor told us I want to run, and we were like, okay, that can't be bad. So we we get it set up with the rec department to go to the this running camp or these nights that they have, and they teach the kids the basics, right? And so they show, like, these are the lanes. You stay in your lane, and these are hurdles, and, you know, and they show them everything they can do. And then they say, okay, well, it comes the third week. We're going to be doing some races. And I'm like, oh, let's just work on focusing on certain things. But she gets in the race, and she's going to run the 200-meter dash. And we're like, all right, here, I ran the 200-meter dash. You, you stay in your lane. You run through the finish line. You give your best. You don't look to the right or the left. You just pile through. The gun goes off. There's girls in the front of the pack. There's girls in the middle of the pack. And then there's two girls at the end of the pack, and one of them is my daughter. And we're like, come on, Taylor, let's go. You got this. This is awesome. You can do it. And in the middle of it, we know that, that this is where she was probably going to be anyway, and that's okay. It's not her gifting. She has been gifted in so many other ways. It's, it blows me away. But we get done. We, we, we think we're going to get done. We're just going to go meet her there. But all of a sudden, at, at about the last 100 yards, 100 meters, she turns around and waits for the girl that's behind her. And we're like, 
this, no, that is not, that's not how we do it. <laughs> like, I didn't tell you to run home. I didn't tell you to do anything. No, just finish the race. And she waits for the girl to come up to where she's at that's behind her. And they run in together. And we're like, we get to the finish line, like, okay, honey, great job. That was amazing. We love you. And inside, I'm like, you could have not got, no, I'm just kidding. And we're like, what was that? And she looked at us with straight of faces you can ever look at and say, I didn't want her to be last. I didn't want her to be last. And I don't know how that story hits you, but every time I think about it, I'm like, I'm so proud. That's my daughter, right? You know? And it's just one of those cool moments. And and here's what I know. I think so often we view life as a race. Like, we want to win. We want to get to where we're going. We don't have time for this. And listen, if they can't figure it out, that's tough on them. They'll figure it out. They'll, you know, somebody else will come along, and we get so focused on how we move forward and how we just do what we do. And, and we get busy like, you know, I just, I'd love to stop, and I'd love to help them. And, and we determine it is what it is. But, but is this really how God is calling us to engage? I, I don't think so. I don't think this is how God is calling us to engage the people around us when he invites us to clothe ourselves. Let's be honest. It's not undercover boss. We can't fake it. People want real and people want authentic. They want to know that you're really with them. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but man, my days don't go as planned. I have conversations with my wife all the time like, oh, that day didn't go like I was planned. She's like, does it ever? And it doesn't, right? Like, and, and when it starts getting out of control and chaos, chaos and, and chaotic, I like try to like bring it back to this idea of manageable. Like, oh, at least we finished strong with some different things, all right? But maybe God's inviting us into those chaotic moments to say, listen, are you willing to pause what you thought the day was going to look like and be willing to focus in on, on maybe the people that I'm going to bring your way today? That text you got that you ignored, do you really... Do you really we go back to that verse, like, hey, can we quickly carry out the things that he has for us? But yet, so many times when we hear that word quickly, we're like, yeah, if I get to it in the next 24 hours, maybe it would be good, when, when maybe it would have made a huge difference right then and there. And we look at our day and we go like, oh, man, I really wanted a better day. And God's like, did you really need a better day or did you want a better day? Because the day I had for you, I tried to show you multiple times. And you were busy clothing yourself in hurry, and you were clothing yourself in worrying about things, and you were clothing yourself in everything that, other than what I was calling you to do. And that's tough. That's a tough conversation to have. And what I know is, you, and this may sound cheesy. Let's just go with it, though. You can't take a pass on compassion. You can't just say, no, that's not for me. It's not for me. Can't do it. I'm not going to do it. Because what we do matters. It's easy in a week like we had with Love Week to be like, yeah, we did a lot of good stuff. But what in those moments when, when it's not planned and it's not organized, do we, do we look and say, um, we got to put that into action. we got to put that love into action. And, and taking a pass on it can be easy, even in the midst of, of asking and having conversations with God. Uh, I have a friend, Rod. Uh, Rod and I have known each other about 12 years now. And uh, Recently, since I've come back to Rapid City, he's began coming to church, and it's been really cool. He was going to a church, and, and now he'll text me every now and then, and it's great to be like, hey, I was reading the Bible, and, and what do you think about this? Or sometimes they'll ask what I think it means, and, and we'll have a good conversation. And so a couple weeks ago, um, man, I saw like two months ago now. Wow, time flies, right? Uh, two months ago now, he, he texted me a picture of just the sun setting. 
And he's like, I was just on my back deck praying and thanking God uh, for everything that I have. And he could have stopped there, right? He could have stopped there and said, God, thanks for everything I have. I, I love it. But, but he goes, but then I prayed, God, would you use me? He goes, I don't even know what that really meant. But he said, well, God, would you use me? And he goes, I got done with that text and I got done with that prayer and I sent it to you, Chris, and I walked through my garage and out into my driveway and coming up my driveway was my neighbor who goes, I can't remember the last time in 20 years that we have ever met on my driveway. Chris, we wave at each other, we talk, we just casual stuff, but he came up and he's like, hey, I got some things to share. And it began to unfold this interaction with, with his neighbor of 20-some years of, of sharing health concerns, of sharing some things they were really worried about, and him being able to look at his neighbor and say, listen, I'm going to be praying for you, and if you need anything, I want to be there for you. And this powerful moment that takes place in the midst of, of this neighbor, but but also in the midst of Rod's life because Rod now is actually seeing God at work because he's decided to clothe himself with this idea of what compassion and being compassionate to somebody really looks like because he's interjecting into somebody's life. He's not just like keeping them at distance. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm, you know, we get our phones out. We're like, hey, I'm thinking about you. And then we let it go. But he's, he's taking that extra step. And God, how can you use me? And in the midst of that, like he is texting me and then he calls me. He's like, Chris, this is the best day ever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is, Rod. This is amazing. And so I love it. When we begin to make it a part of our lives, there is a boldness. Hear me, there is a boldness that grows. And there's a really cool quote that I love. Compassion is at the heart of every little thing we do. It's in the dearest quality we possess. Yet all too often, it can be cast aside with consequences too tragic to speak of. To lose our compassion, we lose what it means to be human. Man. I've been able to be a part of some really cool experiences like going to Guatemala and taking some friends to Guatemala and, and their idea of what it's going to mean to be compassionate when we get to Guatemala and the moment we step off the plane on American soil and, they, and they're like, that was nothing like I thought it would be. Because here's what I know, there's a boldness that takes place when we begin to engage God and allow him to close us, clothe us with this idea of compassion and living it out. Because it begins to affect change in the people around us, but not just in the people around us, within our own hearts and in with our own lives. And we're not just satisfied with, with this idea of, of just life as usual, at least that's my hope. And I would encourage you, what, is it, what does it look like to be intentional in those moments? And, and, and we can even phrase it this way. What, what's, your, what's your response to compassion? Is it going to cause you to take a step to serve somewhere? Is it going to cause you to just engage your neighbors in a new way? Is it going to cause you to really be on focus when you get to work? Because you know the people that you work with don't just have the most amazing lives all the time, right? They're not just out camping and they're not just, you know, doing all these great things. Sometimes they're hurting like you and I are hurting. So what's going to be our response to compassion? It's your choice. Are you going to take a pass? Have you been thinking about it? Have you been dabbling in it? Do you only do it when you're made to feel guilty about it? Or 
Or is there something in you that's growing and, and causing you to say living compassion is putting our words into action? We talked about it. God says, I will love you with an everlasting love. God says, I want to deliver you out of a land of, of slavery in Egypt and take you to a promised land. Those are words of action. But God takes that and puts it into action and he brings Moses and he leads them out of Egypt. And yeah, they stumble and they hurt and they are off focus. But man, a living, is it great when they get to the promised land because God didn't just say words, he put his words into action. And when we put our our words into action because God is in us to quickly, to quickly work out those things that he sent for us to do. We make a huge difference. So I want to challenge you. We talk about next steps a lot. And, and this is kind of something that we've been working out and, and delivering. And, and, and I believe it's the best challenge that I can come up with. In regards to compassion, would you be willing to go from nothing to something? Would you be willing to go from something to schedule? Then you're like, well, schedule? How do you schedule compassion? You just show up at your neighbor's house and be like, hey, I'm here. Uh, when you want to tell me that you're not doing well, you can feel free. I'll just stand here. No. What does it mean to be intentional to ask questions and to really say, no, I'm serious. I mean it. I want, I want to know what's going on in your life. And that, and that just means being available. Maybe it's asking that next question, not just like, hey, I'm good. Are you good? Like what, what things are good? Or go from schedule to sacrificial where you begin to really just desire to live out compassion and being compassionate to a world around us that needs it. Because I guarantee you, the same lump in my throat I got when my daughter stopped to walk with someone and run the rest of the race is the same lump in the throat God gets when you and I engage compassion in that way. It's powerful. And people take notice. And that's pretty cool. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for, uh, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that, that your love for us is great, that your mercies never fail, that they are new every morning. And God, I thank you that, that because of your great compassion, we can, we can share that with other people. And, and God, that's my prayer, that we would not be silent, that we would not just allow it to just happen, but we would get some skin in the game, and we would engage the world around us. The people that we rub shoulders with every day, the ways in which we live would be noticed because we show that we care about the people around us. And it's true. People aren't looking for fake. They're looking for real. They're looking for authentic so that we as followers of Jesus would be just that. We would be real, and we would be willing to engage their lives and I'm excited about what you're going to do and how you're going to use this series to challenge each of us to be more like you. Thank you. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.